Imagine, you're walking through some ancient Mayan ruins in Belize, pushing aside dense tree branches, and it's quiet, except for a low hum of insects and the occasional bird call. Then you hear this haunting noise. It's not a dinosaur or a bear. It's a howler monkey, the loudest primate in the world. Hello, hello, and welcome to Primates, a podcast about, well, primates. I'm your host, Hallie Hangen, and today we'll be talking about the howler monkey. Actually, there isn't just one single howler monkey. There's 15 distinct species and a few subspecies within the genus Alouatta. Genus, for those who might not know, is a group of species, so all the animals in the genus Alouatta are like howler monkey siblings, and the animals in the neighboring genus, like Ateles, the spider monkeys, are kind of like their cousins. I'll explain what makes each howler species different in a bit, but for the most part, I'll be generalizing across the genus. When howler monkeys first wake up, they announce to the world that they're ready to start the day with a nice big howl, usually around 4 or 5 a.m., which must be pretty unfortunate for the local residents. Wow. Music to my ears. It's really more of a guttural roar than a howl, but I think they've definitely earned their name. Would you rather be woken up by one howler monkey or ten roosters? I honestly can't choose. This morning roar allows the howlers to sort of set their territory for the day, so they don't have to waste any energy fighting over sleeping or feeding trees. If everyone announces where they'll be throughout the day, no one gets to play dumb and claim that they thought this tree was going to be free. Physical aggression is pretty rare since they rely on this vocal form of territory defense. After they've sufficiently woken up the neighborhood, they begin their busy day of sitting in place and eating. Their diet is mostly foliverous and frugivorous, or primarily composed of leaves and fruits, so they don't need to move around and hunt throughout the day. They'll also occasionally eat nuts and or the eggs out of birds' nests when they need a little extra protein. When they're scrounging around for leaves and fruits, they're using their trichromatic vision to try to find the best food. If your vision isn't very good, you might not be able to tell the difference between a bitter green banana and a sweet yellow banana until you bite into it. Trichromatic vision uses three different colored cones in the back of the eyes, just like humans do. We see red, green, and blue light and combine those types of light to form all the different colors we can see. This trait is actually not that common among other South American primates. It's mostly African and Asian monkeys and apes that have trichromatic vision, and howler monkeys only have it because of a unique evolutionary event a gene mutation on the X chromosome many, many generations ago in the last common ancestor of all howler monkeys. They also use their prehensile tails to help them get around when they're looking for food. Unlike the cockerel shifak we talked about in the last episode, who hop around vertically on their powerful back legs, howler monkeys walk horizontally on all fours across the branches and, when needed, brace themselves, or even hold their entire body weight with their muscular tails that can be multiple times longer than the length of their bodies, even up to three feet. They can also move quadrupedally on the ground to get to a nearby water source or a different part of the forest. 
Prehensile tails are actually unique to South and Central American monkeys. In addition to being extra long and strong, the underside of the tip of the tail is hairless, so they can have a better grip on the branches. Howler monkeys actually eat fruit in such a way that the seeds are perfectly preserved through the digestive tract, and when they poop them out, hey, that's free fertilizer and a new seedling for the forest floor. Since eating leaves and fruits doesn't give you all that much energy, howler monkeys spend about 85% of their day either sleeping or just resting. They don't migrate very much throughout the day, but when they do need to move, they travel in groups of about 15 to 20 individuals, typically led by one dominant male and sometimes a couple of non-dominant adult males. This dominant male will mate with multiple females and travel with them and their offspring. When those offspring get old enough to reach sexual maturity, around age two and a half or three, both sexes will disperse from their natal group to go find a new group. After all the howlers in the group have had enough to eat for the day and have taken enough naps in the warm tropical sun, they start to settle down for the night. They'll often move to a nearby part of the forest to sleep, choosing trees near where they want to feed tomorrow. And when they wake up the next morning, they begin the process all over again. Of course, starting with that great big howl. But just how do they howl so loud? Howler monkeys are able to amplify their voices so well due to an enlarged hyoid bone. The hyoid bone, which humans also have, sits above the larynx and is the only bone not connected to any other bones. It's only held in place by muscles and ligaments. This extra-large hyoid bone is also pneumatized, or filled with little air pockets, which help to amplify the sound even more. Howler monkey calls can literally carry for miles across the forest. You might think, based on the sound they make, that these guys are large, formidable, and scary-looking. They're actually quite the opposite. They have very dense, woolly fur across their body, a very long, thick tail, some pretty incredible jowls around their throat, long beards, and they don't appear to have much of a neck. Their head just sort of sticks out from their shoulders in a permanently hunched pose. They've also got smooth black faces with a very pouty expression, and when they open their mouth to howl, they reveal their little light pink lips. Color-wise, they can range from red to tan to black across both species and sexes. For example, the mantled howler is all black except for golden patches flanking their backs, giving them the name of mantled. Their infants are born brown or silver, and then they turn black as they age. For the black howler monkey species, all infants are born somewhere between blonde and brown, and while the male is darkened with age, the females stay light-colored. Red-handed howler monkeys are exactly that, dark-bodied with reddish-brown hands and feet, like they're wearing little shoes and gloves. Across species, howler monkeys are generally doing pretty well population-wise, but the Yucatan black howler and the Marahau red-handed howler are currently listed as endangered, mostly due to hunting and habitat loss, as their habitat areas become more and more over-industrialized and they start to move closer to humans. All howler monkeys are sexually dimorphic, meaning males and females are different sizes, usually a difference of about three or four pounds, which for a medium-sized monkey, is quite a bit. Some species are also sexually dichromatic, meaning males and females are different colors, like the black howler monkey I just mentioned. Across all species, only the males howl so intensely. Because howling only occurs in males, it's considered a pre-copulatory trait, or some sort of characteristic that attracts females. Pre-copulatory, before copulation, makes you more attractive, makes the lady monkeys go crazy. 
Displays of dominance, courtship dances, and of course vocalizations are all examples of precopulatory traits, but they often have a trade-off. They take up energy, might make you more vulnerable to predators, and in the case of howler monkeys, might give you smaller testicles compared to other monkeys of a similar body size who don't spend their morning roaring at the top of their lungs. In howler monkeys, there is a direct negative correlation between the size of the hyoid bone and the size of the testes. Sometimes the lesser ranking males with smaller hyoid bones will get the opportunity to mate, but typically it's only the alpha male that gets access to females. In addition to the standard group structure of a couple males and many females and offspring, sometimes males will form bachelor groups and challenge the authority of a dominant male. May the largest hyoid win. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope you enjoyed learning about these wonderfully loud howler monkeys. If you want to see what they look like, head over to my Instagram at the.primates.podcast. And if you want to know more, take a look at the show notes on my website, primatespodcast.weebly.com forward slash. I look forward to seeing you all next week for a new exciting species. And until then, stay curious.